Hello film lovers, welcome back to the Feminist Film Club podcast. And on today's episode, we have another guest. Her name is Caroline Dom. We met in college. She was in my freshman year acting class, the first ever acting class I took in college. And we remained really close ever since after our bond of Legally Blonde. And yeah, I'm obviously, again, going to wait for her to come on to tell you more about herself. But you guys are seriously in for a treat. She has worked so many amazing things from CMA Fest to the People's Choice Awards to to Miley Cyrus's Christmas special. So she knows what she's doing. So stay tuned for a great episode. Hi, Caroline. Hello, Megan. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm so excited to have you on today. Genuinely. Really excited to be here. <laughs> I really am. We got catching up to do, so. Yeah, we seriously do. We just talked for like 20 minutes before we probably just should have been recording the whole time. Well, it's a learning <laughs> process. It's a learning process. It is. It is. It is. We're getting into it. So me and Caroline met my freshman year. Caroline was a sophomore in my first ever acting class in college. Dude, we had a good class. We got lucky. We all we were did. like really like worked well together i think a lot of us were acting or theater <laughs> minors so Minor, most of us we were, most yeah. of us were like not really a hundred percent yeah no. we, we had like a toe in the theater world we're like literally just to the basics Whatever we can do to get no, through. We're just, we just needed a minor. We just, just give me the classes that I need to, to pass and I'll be, done. I'll be good. Ish. We took stage makeup too, together. Oh my gosh, I forgot about that class. I could never forget about <gasps> that class. That was a fun class. That was a really fun <laughs> class, actually. It was. My Snapchat memories pulls up like the picture of us in wigs from like week one. It's like, <laughs> so I get the little short curly hair wigs that we had. I looked like Kris Jenner. <laughs> Oh, we both look not like Chris Jenner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh my mm-hmm. god, with our pin curls under it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. interesting. And now we're both graduated. <laughs> That's so weird, right? It's been That's that long so now. So, Caroline's you're you're in LA as yeah. I work on the East Coast. Caroline works on the West Coast. So this is going to be a cool little tell all about the West Coast because I we had someone from London last week. Now we have you from Cali. Incredible, because it's gonna be great. We're covering all the bases. Because while I feel like it's yeah, it's similar, but it's also different. I feel like I feel like there's more studio work out in LA. Is Definitely, a lot. Yeah. But the, I mean, LA is like kind of a unique place because you have so many locations you can also shoot in. Like the town is mm-hmm. built around the industry. That's so true. It's not that hard to find places to film and whether it's a warehouse some random warehouse i've worked in some random warehouses before (laughs) or if you're working on a location or if you get lucky and you're working on one of the major backlots like Mm -hmm. oh my god i would love to work on warner bros lot right i had applied for a couple jobs there didn't get them but it's all right (laughs) (laughs) i need to apply to things in la but also like if i were to get them i have no money to support myself out there it's hard when you're not there it's really hard when you're not there i'm lucky enough to be close to the city i've been wanting more office production work as of now because i'm really focused on writing i want to apply to that nichols fellowship or the academy oh yeah yeah so i figured if i could have more of a set schedule rather than those crazy set hours. That would be nice for me. Peace, love, 12-hour days. Literally. <laughs> that overtime money is nice, though. Okay, my day job <laughs> doesn't pay me the highest amount of money, but 
when I can make almost half of what I make in a week in two days, so like mm -hmm. on set two days is the equivalent to a week's worth of pay at my day job. So down. crazy. I mean, it's twelve hours, it's twenty four hours of work, but but you get double the pay. So and also, it doesn't even feel like work to me sometimes. Oh, no, like, never. It's so fun. It, being on set is like the easiest thing. Well, okay, easiest yeah. thing in the sense of. It's really fun being there. It's the easiest, most stressful thing. Yes. It's fun being there. There's a lot of hard work on set. It's just as magical as you think it is, too. Every time. It can be. If you're on a good set, uh -huh. it really can mm -hmm. be. If you mesh well with, like, your the rest of your crew, it's so fun. <laughs> when, you, when you make those friends that you just... When you, there's downtime mm -hmm. and you can just start shooting the shit with each other and it's... Uh -huh. Because there's, there's a lot of hurry up and wait in this industry. Yes. Which is... Yes, yes, yes. can be so frustrating. Because you like mm -hmm. you like you want to be proactive and you want to be doing something, but you have yeah. like two hours of just sitting there because they're filming mm -hmm. and there's nothing else for you to do. Exactly, especially working as a PA because that's that's a bulk of my production work besides my script supervising work. It's I so mean, hard same. to find things you can do without being told what to do in that position. Yeah, because it's like also you don't want to nag the first AD and be like, "What can I do? What can I do?" <laughs> yeah, you want to be like out of the way but in their line of sight so when they need something mm -hmm. they immediately call on you and That's don't be so like good. standing around like when I've had it happen where sometimes like you don't realize other things are happening on set and all of a sudden you hear the director mm -hmm. or producer being like they'll be a little more colorful with their language sometimes mm -hmm. or being like where are the PAs like we need a PA like we yeah. need someone to be doing this like come on come on come on like we need it right yeah. now and like it depends on what set you're on to like for me that happened on a reality mm -hmm. set when we were shooting in the public so there was a lot of yeah a lot of moving parts happening but like yeah it, it kind of sucks when you like aren't doing anything and that happens because you're like shit like mm -hmm. i need to be more prepared for that like you gotta yeah you want to be there yeah, but, but you don't like want to be in the way exactly i really like that you don't want to be in the way but you want to be in their eye of sight their line of sight mm -hmm. but also you can't like be discouraged when they do start yelling it's their own frustrations which when i learned that the first time i was like ah! but then i was like oh wait i'm fine yeah, you have to learn to not take a lot of things personally. Like even because yes. there are moments where like we can go right into the story, I guess. So last November and December, I was I worked on this new reality show for Roku because Roku's now jumping mm -hmm. into the originals like everyone else. They are. It's fun for me because it's a local. It was local. It was in Orange County, and it was with this. You you probably know who they are. Do you know who Jay Brewer is, or the reptile guy yes. on TikTok? Um, or he yes. was in David's vlogs. Oh, I know they're pretty big on TikTok. I think he has like twenty million followers on TikTok. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. But what's so funny is I never put two and two together. I used to go there for parties as a kid. Like, I had no idea that this was the same place. When I first mm -hmm. got to talk to Jay, I was like, little do you know, like, this is super full circle for me. I used to Seriously. come here as a kid, now I'm working on a show about this place. Production manager. Not my friend. Not even close to my friend. The <laughs> first, like, friend. <laughs> like, the first two days. <laughs> the first two days, great, right? And mm -hmm. then, okay, so on the third day, I had, like, a really bad migraine at the end of the day. We weren't in like a true production office because we were in like one of the spare rooms of the zoo so it was just this tiny yeah. little room that all of our gear was in yeah so there was yeah. like not yeah. really breathing room in there and i had a really bad mm -hmm. migraine the lights in there were just like messing with my head so i mm -hmm. went to go sit in our second spare room so i was just sitting mm -hmm. on the ground and i was like keeping my head out of the lights i'm using his real name i don't care i cannot stand him um <laughs> josh came tea, in guys, this is straight up tea he came in i'll tell everyone do not work for this man he came in and was like what, like didn't see me on the ground I was like where's caroline to sean the other pa and he's like she's right there and i was like hi and he's like oh he's like 
you weren't sitting next to me, so like, I missed you, like, I wanted to come find you, and I was like, excuse me? Mm. <laughs> I was like, I have just a really bad migraine, and I was like, I just needed, like, a break from them there. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it was weird. And I was like, okay, cool. And then I looked at Sean when he left the weird room, enough. and I was just like, he missed me? It's been 30 minutes and two days of working in this job, and he couldn't stand that I wasn't sitting next to him. But it gets weirder. It gets weirder. Oh, I'm scared. A few days later, we're at Repticon, right? We're filming all day that, like, lots of people we gotta get releases for. Mind you, there's two PAs. There's mm -hmm. me and Sean. And we're trying mm -hmm. to release hundreds of people throughout the day, besides mm -hmm. the wide release that we have. And so we're running around. We have iPads, so like, so it's already a little slow, but we can't hand out paper. We'll mm -hmm. never get those back. We're running around getting all these releases from, like, business releases, people releases, like, minor releases, which is the Paperwork hardest. Paperwork is the hardest job ever. It sucks when kids are involved. Kids are like the bane of my existence in reality TV. <laughs> We're doing that all day and I was the PA designated to order lunch. I get lunch ordered. I left probably about 45 minutes before lunch needed to be there. I'm it literally in the car, starting the car, and all of a sudden my, I felt my nose start bleeding. And I was like, oh mm -hmm. no, it was a really dry day, like the season was just mm -hmm. changing, whatever, like I get nosebleeds. Mm -hmm. And then it wouldn't stop. I didn't have anything in the car because it was a rental van, like our production van. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't using mine, so I didn't have any napkins. So I'm like, go to the back and get the like masks I have shoved in my backpack and just like accumulated that I've never used. And I'm like, oh my god, this is like way more blood than normal. Yeah. And like I couldn't get back into the car. It's a rental car, and there's blood all over yeah, me. You don't want to bleed everywhere. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like freaking out. So it's been like five minutes of this like just not stopping. So I like call Siri, like help. I was like, call Josh, and then I called him, and I wanted to go through him because I wanted him to be in the loop of what was happening. And I was like, can mm. you send the medic? Can you send Ralph the medic out here? He's like, what's going on? I was mm. like, I have a really bad nosebleed. And it just, it, like, it won't stop. So he sends him out. I go meet Ralph. He's like, what the hell happened to you? And it looks, I swear to God, mm. I went through like five masks and my nose was still bleeding. So I finally get cleaned up like 20 minutes later. It's like 15 minutes till lunch now. And I still have a 10 minute drive. Mm. I have to go pick mm. up the food. And I have to order Jay's food special because of the way he wanted it, I couldn't do it online. I text Josh and I'm like, okay, like finally cleaned up, finally got the bleeding stopped. Mm -hmm. I'm just now pulling, like leaving the parking spot and like going to lunch. Like five mm -hmm. minutes later, he calls me and asks what my ETA is. And I'm like, um, I barely Bro. pulled out of the parking lot. Like I'm not even at the Excuse restaurant me? yet. And he's like, okay, well lunch, lunch is at one. And I was like, I'm fully I'm aware. Right. Do you not remember what happened about 10 minutes like do you not remember yeah. my call my text like mm -hmm. anything and he calls me three times in the time that from i get to the restaurant i order the food and get the food back nice. to the car he's like we're gonna have to like i'm gonna have to to call mercy on like lunch because we're gonna go into a meal penalty and i'm like what do you want from me like i'm so far oh, out yeah. of my control at this point so i finally get back and I tell Sean, the other PA, I was like, hey, like, I'm pulling up. You ready outside Run so I can out, get right one of their yeah. food. By the time I pull up, it's like 1.15. So we're 15 minutes late into lunch. But again, it's completely out of my control. And so mm -hmm. by the time I get there, I get everyone's food. I, I almost pass out when I'm at the car. So I dry shot a liquid IV because I didn't have anything else. I was like, I need something. So oh, I just dry God. shoot the liquid IV, make it back. I couldn't even eat. I kind of went into a bit of a panic attack because Josh kept being on me and like it made it he made it sound like everyone was mad at me because of their lunch was late. Mm -hmm. So I'm like freaking out because I'm like, oh my god, like everyone's gonna hate me. This is literally day four on set. We have a month and a half to go. Like this is gonna be horrible. <laughs> so Ralph, I talked to Ralph the medic more. He's a cool guy. I finally get everything settled. When I go back in after lunch, actually Megan is her name, it was one of the associate producers. Oh. She was like, like, are you okay? She's like, I heard mm -hmm. like what happened. Just go sit down, like don't even 
don't worry about it. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, are you sure? Mm-hmm. She's like, no, like, we got this. Like, go sit down and, like, mm-hmm. calm down, mm-hmm. like, relax. And in that time that I'm sitting there, a couple people come up to me and I'm like, okay, I guess, like, Josh told people, like, what happened? No, mm-hmm. it was Ralph because the Josh came up to me and was like, I wish you would have told me what was going on. I was like, what do you mean, wish I told you what was going on? It's like, if, if I had known the situation, I would have just sent Sean in your place. I'm like, I didn't realize calling the medic was not enough for you to understand what was going on. Like, he totally flipped it on me and blamed it on me. And then he's like, you should you should have said something next time you need to say something. I'm like, I called the medic through you. Yeah. I Mind blown. What? And from that point on, he was not my friend because he, like, kept blaming it on me. And I was like, I don't understand how this is my fault. I had a freak yeah, nosebleed. I don't know what other language I can use he really, to explain this to you. And the, so ever since, like, that moment, he, like, had it out for me. Like, genuinely had it out for me. Oh, what? I could go on about this forever. Like, he literally uh-huh. was constantly trying to make me feel bad for things when it wasn't going perfect. Um, that's his job. I know. I know. And he did nothing but Babe. sit there and write emails. It was it was an experience that I've never dealt with before. Wow. But I was like, okay, take it, learn it. It, it came down to the point uh-huh. of, like, I had to have a little bit of a... Uh, oh, malicious compliance. He really had me doing receipts, which is, like, for people who don't know, re- doing receipts is, like, a very important part of production as you're buying things on your card Mm -hmm. your credit card you're Mm -hmm. wrapping it up take pictures of every receipt you get on the set they have to log it all so they know exactly what was bought who it was bought for what it was bought for they Mm -hmm. need every single piece of detail Mm -hmm. he was like the first two days before everything went bad he's like do you want like could you like help me out with receipts i'm like yeah i do receipts all the time like no big deal Mm -hmm. from that point on it got a lot busier and he was not doing really anything mind you he's literally sat at his computer all day every day like he had it out for Mm me This, this is what i mean he wouldn't scan them if I was done and had to do something. He would just wait for me and just give me them back to me to, to finish everything. Like, he would not help. Like, he was so... I, it gets me so worked up. I know. Rude. But I was just like, it was so unnecessary and so... I just something I've like never a power trip for him. Major. And I was the only female who worked under me. He didn't under him, mm-hmm. he didn't treat Sean like that. Mm-hmm. He talked shit about all mm-hmm. both of us on set. I got really close with the AC Ethan because he's my age and I actually went to high school mm-hmm. with his girlfriend. Josh at one point literally went to Ethan and was talking shit about me to him. And I was and Ethan came to me, he's like he's like, I don't know if like you wanna know this. He's like, but but like Josh was kind of like talking shit about you guys. Is he stupid? Like, does he not know that like we're clearly friends? That it's gonna come back to you. Yeah. yeah. And he went around to like uh-huh. every single person, anyone who would listen, not even listen, just stood stood there and I wasn't in the room, he would talk shit mm-hmm. about me. He talked shit about me to Sean, the other oh PA. My God. It was it was an experience like no other. Yeah. That happened to me once where a producer started talking crap to me, to one of like my good friends that I had made on set, because we were there for like a month. Blows my mind when um, they do that. As if he wasn't gonna tell me. Exactly. But he didn't say my name when he was talking shit. He like, he was like, blah, blah, blah. And my friend was like, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. He was like, she's ruining my movie. I'm like, I'm ruining your movie? Yeah, one PA. All right, I... all right. Uh, okay, buddy. I think you just need a scapegoat there. Seriously, jeez. Is that your craziest film story? That's probably the craziest, like, in the sense of, like, a mind-blown, like, how is this real life? Mm-hmm. In the sense of, like, mm-hmm. I can't believe a person would do that. I feel like that's a good story that, like, you have to have thick skin in this industry. Mm-hmm. That would have happened to someone who was very sensitive. They would have been, like, running with their tail between their legs. Yeah. I mean... You just have to know that it's not... It doesn't have anything to do with you. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I came home and, like... It's ego ranted about it to my parents like and was like got Mm -hmm. a little i I cried a couple times over it because i didn't want to go tattle Mm -hmm. on him 
for the way he was I didn't want to seem like a tattletale and be like running to the mm-hmm. producers and be like oh my god like Tina Tony like Josh is treating me like this like in reality mm-hmm. I probably could have gone up to them and been like hey I just mm-hmm. want to let you know like this is what's happening someone's not being a team player yeah at one point mm-hmm. he made he took me on a little walk um and we had a chat ew I told you it gets worse it's it could just kept going every day there was something I swear to god yeah I feel like most of the worst stories I have there are so many good ones that overpower the bad ones. Yeah. So it's like, uh, they're just such a blip on the radar. They honestly. are. No, so like, In like the grand scheme of things. I hope this scares nobody because <laughs> don't be scared. This is life. Things are going to happen. Let's tell these open and honest experiences so people aren't blindsided when yeah. stuff like this happens. Like this is why I'm doing this podcast because I feel like almost every time I've worked on a set, I've been blindsided and it's not anything I couldn't deal with. But it was like, damn, I wish I knew this before, you know? It's a lot of live and learn. Like, mm-hmm. people forget that mm-hmm. you have to le- live in order to learn. Like, I feel like, like people exactly. expect you to know everything already. But there's so uh-huh. much, like, there's so much that I've learned on sets. And there's yeah. so much for me to yeah. learn still. Exactly. Um, yes. That's why it's nice to have, like, I mean, I know in this instance you didn't have a very forgiving production manager. But, like, the first ever set I worked on had a really forgiving AD. And I still talk to him to this day, and every time he has any kind of work for me, he texts me. He's like, just know I always got you, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, it's so nice to have understanding people on a set to know that, like, this is my first time doing this, okay? Yeah. And it was your first time once, too, so be understanding. Yeah, and you know? I've, I've come to realize that more people want to help you than hurt you in yes. this industry. Yes, yes, which yes, yes doesn't Mm -hmm. like you don't see that until you're inside the people you want to be around are going to be the ones that want to help you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it's okay to not want to work with those people again like i will never Mm -hmm. work with i will i will never work with josh again (laughs) but everyone every single other person on that set i'd work Mm -hmm. i'd do anything for Mm -hmm. like are you still in contact with some of them yeah so like i've really uh more than anyone else is the cam people like the cam ops that we Mm -hmm. had which is so funny because i'm like totally not a cam op i mean like like my own little dslr mirrorless my own little sony whatever my own videography stuff but like a true like cameraman i will never be but they were Mm -hmm. really cool they actually all work for the try guys hello josh or (laughs) yeah i know i know chris brian ethan you know how much i love them no i tweaked when they told me this i started freaking out chris chris my favorite i love chris pre or post ned both oh like currently one of my best friends is like obsessed with the Trigaris Martina. If you're listening to this, I literally I started freaking out. I was gonna freak out. They mentioned something about the Try Guys, and like I was like, "Shut up!" They're like, "You know the Try Guys?" I'm like, "Do you understand that I grew up? Do I know in the Try prime guys. of like Buzzfeed and internet, and I was uh-huh. the girl on the front. I was those internet girlies uh-huh. that were like, yeah, in love with everyone. Like, see, this is why me and you bonded so fast because we're the same person. No, but we're up. the same major, same minor, like literally. same everything. It was fun. We have to work together on a set. Uh, we would we be menaces. We would be a menace to society. They would hate us. Literally. They might kick us off set. Be like, Done. we can't Wait, handle Caroline this. Caroline and Megan, get off my set. <laughs> like, now hey, you bye. actually are ruining it. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> Every time the sound would go on, they'd be like, can you guys shut up? We'd be like, sorry. <laughs> oh, staying in contact. Ethan, I'd say I text more solely because... If Brian and Chris are older like they're like Brian's mm-hmm. married and has kids and Chris mm-hmm. is I think in his late 30s 
Um, I've always been the youngest person on every set. I've I was on. really surprised when I found out Ethan mm. was younger than me as the AC. Oh, shit. Literally, only by a year. Like, literally almost mm. to the day. But Yeah, I feel like the ACs are younger, especially if they're like yeah. the second AC, too. Mm-hmm. But he was cool. Um, but, like, so, like, I've been trying to upgrade my camera. I currently shoot with a, 60, a Canon 60D, which is now mm-hmm. is a 13-year-old camera. Love her. She's great. Period. But she's vintage. But she's old. She needs a little bit of a help. My best friend since kindergarten, the guy she's seeing, mm-hmm. DJs, and he played at a local club. So the company that puts on EDC Las Vegas, Insomniac, has like four oh. different clubs in Southern California that they like sponsor essentially and they like send artists oh, here. Cool. They have big artists, <laughs> but they also have just like yeah. people who just DJ. And so he was DJing at this club. And so I was like, like, is it cool if I like bring my camera? Like I need mm-hmm. more experience. Like I need to build my portfolio like of myself shooting and mm-hmm. stuff. So I was like, it's like, yeah, sure. Yeah, see side note, my listeners, put yourself out there. No, seriously, like take, never take any opportunity. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Exactly. But so, like, I've been trying to figure out what camera to upgrade to since there's now, like, Sony and Nikon and, like, a lot mm-hmm. of different options out there than when I bought my Canon. Mm-hmm. There was, like, just Nikon. Mm-hmm. So, like, Nikon wasn't mm-hmm. anything. But, but all three of them, like, gave me, like, this Sony recommendation. But I texted Ethan and I was like, here's, like, the cameras I'm looking into. Here's what I have. Here's what I plan on doing it with. Like, gave him a breakdown of everything. Mm-hmm. And then he, in response, gave me, like, like a breakdown have... of everything, like, in relation to those oh, cameras. And I was like... Nice. Thank you so much for your help. Thank like, you, I appreciate Ethan. it. Because my camera struggled at that nightclub. It did not like taking low-light photography mm-hmm. or video. Okay. Like, yeah. at all. Okay. Um, so that was fun um, because I got nothing out of it, basically, because the camera yeah. just didn't want to work. But, but like I experience. said, live and learn. Now I know. Exactly. But yeah, so yeah, stay in touch, like, even for little things, like camera help just because i know they know cameras i'll literally just like like people's stories like now i like that you can do that now like just i love that i'm still here yeah like i'm always supporting you from right here yeah (laughs) from right here you go girl (laughs) from right here from right here (laughs) do we want to go into that oh yeah because you're like a really yeah i'm a i'm a big music she always has bomb outfits if you guys go to her instagram (gasps) thank you it's one of my proudest things about raves every time i'm like damn Thank you. It's Ew. like, that's what I find so fun about raves. My dad always gives me shit mm-hmm. for it because they're clearly yeah. not like everyday clothes. You don't get it. No. Yeah. Uh, he's like, buddy, are you going to go somewhere that has those funky, it. stupid little outfits? Uh, maybe. And what's it to yeah, you? Yeah, I am. I am. <laughs> and your problem is you're not, you're not there. Stop it, Dad. I want to go to fashion school. <laughs> oh my God. I don't, he, he already doesn't love that I work in film because it's so many unknowns. I'm like, dude, you literally mm-hmm. work in the entertainment industry. Are you kidding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Step literally. back. You, you did this at one point. My dad literally works in the industry and does not understand <laughs> it. I don't think anyone will ever understand it because they forget yeah, of what, so where they came them. from. Well, like my mm-hmm. dad, he has this thing. So he works in, in country music. We were talking a little bit about this earlier. He mm-hmm. started in radio. He thought he wanted to be... Um, like run a, a radio station and mm. so when he was r- working his ass off to get up there he's like I worked for a whole mm. year for free I'm like okay first of all illegal can't do that second of all people don't Thanks. even care if you offer yourself for free they won't use you because they don't care enough mm. they'll do whatever they're comfortable mm-hmm. with or whatever they want to do like I'm just like you I understand like your hustle in that year but like that yeah. was one year that was free work in a non-saturated industry like yeah. All these industries are, especially anything creative, has become so saturated in the last few years. I know. That yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. it takes a lot more than just working at a radio station for a year and working your way up. Like, I know, like, times are so different. So different. So different. Like, I can work 
as a script supervisor in one role, like arguably one of the most important roles on a film set. And next set, I'm going to be a PA again. Yeah. Like, you know, it's so like, there's no hierarchy in this really until you're a household name, I feel like. Yeah. Like, Look, unless you're Ryan Murphy, you're not always going to be a producer. Like, I'm, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and there's and people forget how many different types of producers there are. It took me a while to get down. Yeah. Offset producers. Mm-hmm. Took me a while. I was like, wait, you're an associate producer. You're a line producer. You're an executive. What the freak is the difference? It's, I'm still learning. Like, I, when, I still don't know. Yeah. I was just going to say, <laughs> I couldn't tell you. And this is another good tidbit is if you ever have a question on set ask people are always going to want to answer your questions yeah no that's i literally like when you sent me the question about mm-hmm. um best advice is uh, ask as many mm-hmm. questions as possible whether that's mm-hmm. for like a task you've been given or mm-hmm. just what's going on in set one of my favorite things i ever did yeah one, so i've always been a big question asker like growing up in sports mm-hmm. if someone wants something from me I'm like tell me everything don't just say do this like I will ask all the questions to, to get all the details yeah. so I do it right the first time and so I don't mm-hmm. screw it up and have to do it 10 times and then waste time and waste money and all that stuff exactly. um so always ask questions but then on one of the sets I was on it was a special it was an ABC special it wasn't for Miley um I did work on that but it's this is a different one <laughs> guys she worked with Miley Cyrus <laughs> I did. Um, this one was with Derek <laughs> and Julianne Huff. Oh, here. Oh, did you work on that dancing movie? Step the into movie? the movies. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah. So that was. I love that. That whole that. that whole filming process was <laughs> crazy in itself. Uh, how many cameras did they have? Depending on which scene we were shooting, I think the most cameras we had at one point was like five or six holy crap including the jib good luck to that script supervisor dude i mean it was again every set is so different i've been on so many random little things that it's hard to describe without being there but one of the coolest Mm -hmm. things i did on that set was while we were filming the moulin rouge scene the tango the roxanne i don't remember what it's called tango de roxanne or whatever i just sat with one of the other pas next to two of the acs because the way they had it set up it wasn't an ac who like ethan was running all around and was like getting all the cam stuff and like whenever the cam ops needed something yeah these acs were pulling focus i didn't realize there was a need for someone separately to be like i said i don't do camera work so all of this was Mm -hmm. new to me which was so fascinating and i just asked a bunch of questions Mm -hmm. and like i didn't even really have like a want to like get into being an ac but Mm -hmm. i was just so curious that i was just like tell me anything you can between takes Mm -hmm. and i sat there for probably an hour I had like extra batteries that I had stuck on my mm-hmm. belt because I was mm-hmm. like, if I'm gonna be up by people, if they need walkie batteries, be prepared and have walkie batteries. Right here, yeah. But that was that was one of my favorite things I've ever done. Like I got to watch the filming mm-hmm. up close with the ACs, be around everyone, and just kind of mm-hmm. like let myself be a fly on the wall be of what immersed, we were doing. Yeah, but like being yeah yes. right there while doing it. It was yeah. it was so cool. Like, so cool. I don't even remember everything we talked about because my brain can't handle that. But. Mm-hmm. Like it is it was just so cool yeah. just sitting there for like an hour while they were yeah. filming, taking take after take, and the dancers also were mm-hmm. incredible. It was Derek Huff and yeah, three other dancers. Mm-hmm. And it was mm-hmm. just the most unbelievable thing I've ever watched. Like between filming and the mm-hmm. set decorating and the lighting and just the watching it mm-hmm. all come together. Like that was kind yeah. of one of the moments where I was like, Yeah, oh my god, like everything yeah. makes sense. This like is why I do it. This I do. is this yeah. is why we do this. And it was super mm-hmm. surreal. John Samos was on that set, which was so fun oh, and so unbelievable, like mm. brushing shoulders with him. God. 
Kenny Ortega, he was the only person I really cared about that entire week. I was like, I want to meet Kenny Ortega. I need to meet Kenny Ortega. I had an opportunity to talk to him as I was leaving. He was getting mm-hmm. into his car. So I didn't want to like yell through the car. But I had this kind of split second of I just wanted to say like, Julia the Phantoms was robbed of season two. Like I wanted to it like- It was. It was so robbed. But I didn't say anything. And literally the second I, I saw the opportunity, I hesitated and it was gone. And I just mm-hmm. kept walking and I got to my car and just started crying. <laughs> I was like, ah. I missed my opportunity to talk to, to Kenny Ortega. He is the man who created the most iconic dance move and that moment of all time. Exactly. Exactly. No one knows. <laughs> it like, yeah, actually hurts me. Most people don't know that he created the lift. Like the, literally ask anyone. anyone everyone knows that what the is lift insane. is. Everyone knows yeah. what the lift is. You oh. just say, they're doing the lift. You know what that is. He created it. I'm done. Sorry. <laughs> no, <laughs> sing it. You. I know you can sing, so do it. This is true. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Literally. <laughs> and we filmed that with, um, it was Derek and Charlie D'Amelio. Did you get to meet Charlie? Um, I walked past her. I never talked to her. She oh, had to be in iconic. school most of the day. She was the only minor on set. <gasps> Oh, I totally forgot. I keep forgetting she's like a baby. You feel like the internet does that to her. I feel so they bad do. For her. But that's like that generation. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, they're like mm-hmm. at 15 years mm-hmm. old, they're they're acting like they're adults and they're yeah. dressing like they're adults. But as a kid, yeah, so she could only be there for 12 hours, right? She had to be on set. Um, if she was on set, she had to be at school. So she, in her trailer, they had oh, to okay. literally pay for a teacher to be on site because. She had oh to be God. legally, if you're under the age of 18, you, in California at least. I don't actually know. I'm assuming federally, but work rules mm-hmm. are different in every state I've worked in. Disney Channel is kind of like perfected the like yeah. <laughs> kid workers because they mm-hmm. they know how they have to go around it legally with having mm-hmm. a tutor on set and hours they can shoot and everything. It's, I like want to work a post-production job like once. Really? Just to see how it works. I have no desire to just sit in an editing bay. For hours and hours and hours on that's end, so true. and that's all you do. Like you oh. don't. It's not like you oh, film. Oh, never mind. But as, as far as I know, <laughs> most people, unless it's yeah. like a writer, one of my friends from high school, her mom's like childhood neighbor is married to mm-hmm. a guy. It's so many jump arounds. Married. Mm-hmm. Her now husband is. Uh, a producer his show got picked up by netflix and they okay. filmed last year in north carolina mm-hmm. and he was nice enough is it to... Outer Banks? it's not it's not um <laughs> i have a story behind Imagine. that i little have a little story about that though okay so but he was nice enough to take a phone call with me during one of his shooting days he had like oh, 30 minutes and he's nice. like he's like we can set a time for here and i was like you don't have to do that like we've never met you yeah. really don't have to do that he's like no like let's talk and i was like okay cool mm-hmm. so we talked See, there are people out there that want to help you yeah like literally never met this mm-hmm. man just was told by a friend mm-hmm. of a friend between both of us there was two people in between and mm-hmm. he was willing to sit down and talk to me that's amazing he's a writer so his thing mm-hmm. is writing so when we were talking on the phone and i was talking about i love being on set and I love being mm-hmm. in the thick of shooting. I don't really, like mm-hmm. pre-production's fine. I don't really care. Like it, part of pre-production mm-hmm. leads into being set. So I don't really care. I don't mm-hmm. love post because I don't want to be stuck in an editing bay for hours on end. Mm-hmm. And the That's onset so part is what's fun for me. Like being with the people. Mm-hmm. I'm not a, mm-hmm. I work off the energy of people. So I like being on set. And every, he's like, everyone finds their own thing. He's like, and for me, I'm the complete opposite. I like pre-production because I like writing my script. I like post-production because I can mm-hmm. finish putting my script 
into action and like putting the story together he's like i could literally care less about being on set if i didn't have to be on set i wouldn't be on set but i have to be on set because i'm the one who created the show wow. and i'm like well, that's yeah. so fascinating to me what show is it um it's called florida man i think Okay. I, I don't really know many details about it besides that. But I will say, when I was talking to him and mentioned um, about Outer Banks, his crew was like the entire crew from Outer Banks. So I was like, okay. I was like, you're joking. He's like, no, like they like they're like it's like the same crew because you're filming in North Carolina. And so he actually set me up to talk to I think it was the line producer or one of the producers. Okay, cool. So I like was emailing him and messaging him, and I was so so unbelievably close to working on season three of Outer Banks, but every single person came back to set. He's like, I really wish I had a position for you. He's like, but every single person is coming back. He's like, we don't have one person like, not make showing up. For me. And I was like, no, like, I totally understand. I mean, when you work on a show of that size, I don't blame people for it. Especially when season three, they're filming, like, yeah. mostly in, like, Barbados or whatever. I was like, I understand the want <gasps> to go back. And they film on location. Yeah. And that's one thing yeah. I've told, like, my entire life, anytime anyone's ever asked me, like, what do you want to do with this film degree? I'm like, I want something that makes me travel. So shooting a show mm. on location yeah. in South Carolina yeah. and in the Bahamas or wherever they were mm -hmm. is like a dream. So that was mm -hmm. so close to being like lived through last year that I was really sad it didn't because I would have been, I would have started filming end of February going through about September. Like that's a long time. That's yeah. a long time to be on set with these people. Oh, that would have been freaking wild. I know. And do you know what was even crazier? This world is so small. A couple months before that, mm. or two months before that phone call, at the beginning of December, I was working the People's Choice Awards, and mm. I met, like, half the cast of Outer Banks. And I was so close. Just... Did you meet Drew Starkey? I did not. He was... I Was he oh. there? I don't know. I Chase stared I into my him. soul a couple times. That really freaked me out. Mm. So I was like, do I look good? <laughs> do I look bad? Like, yeah. Chase, why are you... He literally, he like, good. did a double take at one point. And I was like, you're just staring at me. Hello? And you're walking away yeah. at the same time. Like, I don't know what this means. I'm Can just a PA you? standing on the sides. Mm -hmm. But I talked to the girls because I actually ran into them in the bathroom. Oh, wait. I feel like I remember you telling me I, about I this. probably did. I think it's just a funny yes. story because I was like... The bathroom is striking my memory. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, I just thought it was so funny story. that mm -hmm. the one time I, like, go to the bathroom on show day... Well, not one time, but the one time I chose mm -hmm. to at that time while everyone was there, as I'm, like, washing my hands, like, Madeline Klein walks in and Madison Bailey... She is beautiful in person. Actually, both of them. Both of them. And Madison's girlfriend and, um... Mm -hmm. Oh my god, I always forget how to pronounce the actress who plays Cleo in season two. She's gorgeous. Actually, that whole cast is gorgeous. Oh my god. Seeing them in person and like... like it's annoying. A foot away from me, I literally... Yeah. Like, the second I turned, I was like, you guys all look so amazing. They're like, thank yeah. you. And then <laughs> Madeline couldn't lock the door, so I had to tell her how to lock the door, and it was so funny. Oh my god, um, stop They're it. people just like <laughs> us. They're people just like us. Maddie Klein can't lock bathroom doors. <laughs> <I'm> just kidding. <laughs> We're <editor laughs> out. No, it was... It, they were weird bathrooms. We were in a, a, a plane hangar at the Santa Monica airport that they film a lot of shows there. There's like Kids Choice Awards had been filmed there, the MTV Music Awards. I just thought it was so funny that like I went from like just watching the show to meeting the cast to almost working on the show to working back to square team. zero all in a matter of like it's called manifesting. Literally all and then actually this weekend I went to Poglandia, the, the whole promotional mm -hmm. event thing they had in You did? I did. What was that? Um it was great, except there was a mm -hmm. bit of mismanagement that kind of happened. It took us four hours okay. to get into the event from the time Ooh. we lined up to the time oh that we God. got through the gates. So that was Yikes. not the greatest situation. I mean, all, everything, the mm -hmm. setup looked so cute. Like, 
the music mm-hmm. was great like they everything else was great but they just kind of mismanaged like getting in and getting once everyone was in getting everyone fed yeah so netflix um do better on location scouting because it didn't work out very well that's what i wanted to do for a while was location scout it's very important Mm -hmm. like people don't underestimate how how bad you need a good location scouter actually shows i'm watching right now um do you like Mm -hmm. follow golf at all not every most people i I ask don't Okay, so do you follow Formula One at all? Or I've seen about Drive my to Survive. My dad likes Formula One, yeah. Have you watched mm-hmm. Drive to Survive? Um, I've watched some clips of it because I think my dad's watched it. Okay, so the production yeah. company who did Drive to Survive produced this golf version mm-hmm. of um, called Full Swing. Okay. I met a guy on a plane once that did all the camera work for Formula One racers. Oh, do you know like, if it was like TV or like... It was for TV. Personal. And then he said something about all the Formula One races. And okay, he gave so- me his email and everything and I was like, cool. It could be Sky Sports. Sky Sports is yeah. like the main like UK company that like okay. sports t- okay. sports station. But I'll say one of the shows I'm watching right now is Full Swing. It's the okay. following the PGA Tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just that's like it's like number two right now. I feel like. Yeah, it just dropped I think last I just week. Saw it last night. Yeah, it's really good. I actually went to another side note. I went to the golf tournament this weekend. The PGA stopped the Genesis okay. Invitational. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I've been a golf fan for a long time. My dad's played golf mm-hmm. like my entire life, and so I've always been a golf person. Um, I think I need to get into golf just for like the networking that happens during golf. Golf is so much more fun than people realize <laughs> it is. Like it's such yeah. an intense sport. One of my best friends does golf or does golf plays golf plays golf. So, yeah, I know what she you like meant. really likes it. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. But yeah, that's one of the shows I'm watching right now. That's like okay. top tier. Drive to Survive, highly I might suggest. Have to check it out now. I highly okay. suggest Drive to Survive too. Um, absolutely okay. fell in love with Formula One. Like okay. major. Um, like I have to ask my dad if that's a show he was watching now. Like, he, like it's so he's good. like, We're going to Italy. We're going to the next Formula One race. I was like, I'll go to Italy. You wanna go to Monza? <laughs> the Italian <laughs> like, Grand Prix. I'd love to go to the Italian Grand Prix. So like currently remember how I said okay, well I told you this already in person or not in person mm-hmm. over text but when i was thinking about moving to the uk mm-hmm. um yeah that's kind of to pursue media and formula one so like <gasps> that's like that'd be so cool that's kind of my goal right that's kind of like that's why i like want to upgrade my camera like and like trying okay. to get like back into photography and like filming myself yeah, take the and, steps to get there yeah because it's just a lot of i'm a little bit behind the eight ball since i it's media, but it's it's the hands-on, it's the self-done media versus, like, working for mm-hmm. a But there's also production, like, mm-hmm. within it. So, like, the couple... I haven't told, like, many people this. Like, I haven't told many people this. Um, I've been, like, really keeping this under wraps because I'm, yeah. I'm always afraid that if I talk, I'm going to jinx mm-hmm. it. But, um, yeah, I know. But I know I can't jinx this. It's going to take all me power anyways. So, Formula One has some of the best media presence I've ever seen in my life when it comes to sports. Okay. I had actually interviewed with the Angels um, Major League Baseball team a couple times for the social media position. Uh, it was technically an intern position, but it was you had to be graduated in full-time. Whatever. It was basically so cool. entry-level, but they called it intern. I didn't get it, which I still to this day don't understand. But most of the time, I was just talking about Formula One because of their yeah. media presence, and the Angels, mm-hmm. their big thing is like, well, we're trying to grow our media presence. I'm like, let me show you how it's done. Because okay. 
Yeah. Formula One has done this thing where they have made a sport that is very serious on track so unserious and so fun off track in mm-hmm. a way that like I feel like people appreciate it more. Exactly. I don't think America me- American media has the same understanding as the European media does. My biggest complaint like when it comes to like athletes and sports here in America is that they're kind of dehumanized to a degree mm-hmm. because they're not they're not ever shown the human side. What you see is the player as, athletes. as an athlete. Yeah. So people forget mm-hmm. their athletes in every sport, and not just baseball, but like mm-hmm. hockey's doing a better job of it. I've seen recently. Yeah. Um, I feel like a lot of people have seen that on TikTok, especially. But like, I feel like baseball is starting to emerge into it too. A bit, a, bit. a bit. Um, depending on the team. Mm-hmm. But like, if you talk to people about athletes, they're just athletes. They don't know nothing about their personal mm-hmm. life. People. They don't. Yeah. Well, not that they have to know about their personal life, but they don't know who these people are outside of the sport. Who they are. Yeah. All they know them as is this athlete and this person they watch on a screen or in a big game, and it, it, you lose mm-hmm. that sense of human to them. But mm-hmm. in Formula One, they've really used media to their advantage. Like, mm-hmm. my favorite thing that they that these racing companies do. They do, like, different challenges and different, like, quizzes and trivia and, like, fun Mm -hmm. little things that they'll do. So, things you don't see athletes here do. The athlete, their job is to be an athlete and to play their sport. Mm -hmm. But here, they're allowed to have hobbies and Mm -hmm. have fun and have a personality and Mm -hmm. do stuff outside of their sport. Which I think is the reason it's blowing up right now. Because yeah, they're people, and you can tell they're people, and mm-hmm. they use that to their That's advantage. Like the same way, the same way with like actors, like Pedro Pascal is blowing up right now because you, he lets you see so much of his personality, or like Tom Holland blew up really fast because you could see so much of his personality. Exactly, like, people like that who like don't take themselves too seriously, but like because you can't. Like, exactly. It's it's yeah. it's the way they use it to their advantage. Like people fall in love mm-hmm. with people because they're people, not mm-hmm. because of what they do mm-hmm. or what what they mm-hmm. who they wear, what team they're representing. Like mm-hmm. every time, like I've noticed when I the baseball players that I always like fell in love with were like these random mm-hmm. little players who like I saw the personality in. That's a thing. It's too professional. <laughs> like I know. I think it's like there had there's a fine line. Yeah, and with our day, like, with ugh. the day and age that we are at with media, whether that's television uh-huh. or like social media, or yeah, there's ways to do it. And mm-hmm. I think to wrap this all up in a pretty bow, Formula One does it mm-hmm. best with the way that mm-hmm. we know who these drivers are, what their personality mm-hmm. is like, what makes them tick. So it's easier to root for them to a degree. So it's a lot mm-hmm. more fun to be involved in the sport when it's not just the sport. But within Formula One. I said they've been handling media the best. You, it's it's made me want so good for you. want to like really dive headfirst into dive into it, into it. Whether it's producing the content you. or taking the photos or taking mm-hmm. the video, whatever it is, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. Um, you want to be? There. I mean, I would love to do like photography, which I saw. I've been yeah. behind a, a camera since I was like six years old taking pictures. So mm-hmm. photography always has my heart. I have full faith in you. Thank you. So yeah, that's a I bit do. of the career change that I'm... I ca- it's not a career amazing. change. I mean, like, it is, but it isn't. It's still media and production. It's just... It's just like your passions change. It's not, yeah. not traditional media. It's, it's new age times. media. Yeah. That's what I feel like is so good about our major, is that we can tap into so many things. Yeah. 
I mean, it's they call it creative like, media. <laughs> I went to, yeah, seriously. Yeah, and that's something I always like pitched to my dad when he was like, "Are you sure you like really want to go into this industry? It's really mm-hmm. hard." And I was like, "I understand, yes, but I if, even if I don't go into the traditional media, do you understand mm-hmm. how much new age media there is? Like, mm-hmm. it kind of goes hand in hand with marketing now. So it's like mm-hmm. there's a couple of companies that I've looked into and like are, have been reaching out to." That are technically mm-hmm. marketing companies, but they do production because it all goes hand in hand. Yeah. And there's so many more options than people realize there are. So we'll see. We'll yeah, see what happens. It's going to take a lot of hustle. Like, I started as a production assistant with some connections. Like I said, my dad works in country mm-hmm. music and his old mm-hmm. co-worker went to Alabama. So when mm-hmm. I was going okay. to Alabama and studying film, he was like, what does she want to do? Because my old, my old, his old roommate from Alabama is a producer at CMA. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a weird little connection thing. Like, by chance yeah. that that happened, but, like, it happened. Yeah. That's how I got to work CMA Fest, because mm-hmm. I emailed Bill Bradshaw and was like, hey, like, uh, I was sent over, over by so-and-so. Here's what I'm studying. I go to Alabama. Like, here's what I think I want to do. Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, mm-hmm. sent me down to... The production manager, who actually ended up being his nephew, Luke, who was the very first PM I ever worked under, and the very first mm-hmm. anything I worked under. And I only worked for a week. I didn't even work at a PA rate because I was brought on so last yeah. minute. I was considered a volunteer. Mm-hmm. I made seven twenty-five okay. an hour, and I got oh California taxed on top of it. That really <laughs> sucked. I made oh. Tennessee minimum wage with California taxes. That was so fun. But I that was the my that was, that was my very first and the connections. gig, and that was. I remember when you posted that, I was like, I'm so jealous of you. It's so fun. If, I love I mean, CMA Fest. You did that for a couple years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was time for me to, like, step away because I wasn't working mm-hmm. anywhere else in Nashville. I was only doing CMA stuff. So I'd work fest and awards. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, but that's not helping me in any way because I'm, I'm not based mm-hmm. in Nashville and I don't really yeah, like, there's want... there's only so much you can I don't do. really want yeah. to be based in Nashville. And my dad's like, why not? Mm-hmm. I'm like, because everyone who works in Nashville is stuck in Nashville. I want things that take me different places. Like, mm-hmm. once I met, like, I asked my friends who have worked their way up a bit in the film, like, have you met anyone, like, outside of, like, Nashville? And they're like, mm-hmm. maybe two people. Like, really? Mm-mm. I don't like that. Yeah. And I'm like, so much of this business is connections. And if you're not building them, it's like you can only build so far in that city. And I'm like, exactly. I understand yeah. the industry there is centered around country music. And I love country music mm-hmm. and everything about it. But, if I'm going to be doing something within country Stop music, me, yeah. I won't be doing something that gets me stuck there. Yeah, so, but totally don't be afraid agree. to take control of what you want. Like, I've been very adamant Period. about that with my parents, especially. They're going to be the first people who, who are kind of down your throat about stuff because they're... Yes, they're, exactly. <laughs> That's what I'm going through right now trying yeah. to get a job. Yeah. Like, it's been tough, but I just applied to the um, NBC page program. And if I don't get that job, I'm going to fall off the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Because with me trying to jump into Formula One media, mm-hmm. being a little bit behind the eight ball solely, well, not solely, for multiple reasons, being in Southern California and not mm-hmm. being in the UK makes it very mm-hmm. difficult already. Being yes. a female <laughs> already makes everything hard, but being a female in motorsports is like even harder. <laughs> even harder. <laughs> Plus yeah. trying to be in creative as a woman and being in Southern California, mm-hmm. just all of it piles on top of each mm-hmm. other. I've been using LinkedIn a lot more than I ever have because it it doesn't really... LinkedIn is great for business that's like traditional businesses. It's not not really the place to be for film. For film. Mm -hmm. But for me, 
when I'm when if you're trying to work into like a specific company, I mm. what I've been doing at least. I'm not saying this is what you should do. This is just what I've been doing. I've just been adding people on LinkedIn, and if they add me back and they're like someone I want to work for, work under, work with. I'll message them, be like, hey, like, love, like, the, whatever you're doing. I'm really interested in getting into this. Do you have any yeah. advice for me? Do you think we could chat? Like, just something. That's it's kind of like advice. a cold email. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really gotten many responses, but I've gotten a lot of connections. Yeah, so still, when I'm yeah. adding other okay. people, it says they have connections to me. The very first job I applied for was content creator within McLaren Racing. And I didn't mm-hmm. get the job, but I added maybe five or six different people from the content team. And I've gotten, like, three mm-hmm. people to get back to me who are, like, now connected okay. with me on LinkedIn, even if they don't any, ever say anything directly to me. Now other people who I'm reaching out to can see, oh, they're already mm-hmm. connected with this person. Might as well connect with them too. Yeah. Like this morning. It's very true. One of the companies I really want to work with is called Quadrant. It's a mm-hmm. it's a mesh between a few different things. It's an esports like company. So they have a couple esports teams, but they also do mm-hmm. content production and um, like lifestyle branding and and racing. Uh, content mm-hmm. so it's like a mesh of different things but i connected with the head of operations for quadrant today on linkedin yeah so i'm gonna i gotta okay. type up my message to send to him yeah just knowing that i have that connection just makes me feel better and since like okay now i have yeah. like a bit of an in like not directly mm-hmm. but like now you're connected to someone now you have like yeah. a means of reaching people that you didn't before it's all about the mm-hmm. hustle like this is part of the hustle i think it really cold is. emailing if you I, don't have hustle in you i have been sending so many cold emails and multiple follow-ups to these companies because i'm like mm-hmm. if they are going to take me seriously i need to prove that i really want this yeah. I, I can't just send them one or yeah. two emails and be like oh well it didn't mm-hmm. work it's like they then they're oh well, she yeah. gave up after two they didn't care Oh, they could have gotten lost in the mail and they never saw him. Baby, I ain't giving up. Bro, I'm going to be a menace to these people. I'm going to make them hate me, essentially. I email them. I've called people. They don't always answer because it's UK and it's a little difficult sometimes. That's very true. But hustle, baby, hustle. Gotta do what you gotta do. All about the hustle. hustle. For Mm -hmm. anyone who wants to get into the industry with no connections, two websites. Two websites that I love Staff Me Up. Okay at entertainmentcareers.net okay. I just started using entertainmentcareers.net uh, yes that one's free which is nice of jobs on there which yeah. is and that's free staff me up you do have to pay staff for staff me up I need to I do pay the $20 a month I need that one because on staff me up you get like five free applications a month which is nothing okay. <laughs> I, pay the, I pay the $20 a month so I can ha- apply to as many jobs as I want I've gotten a few jobs that's how I got the Roku show was actually off staff me up okay. um, I, I worked with AGT America's Got Talent that might have been the only two staff me up jobs i've gotten so far but i've had a lot more from connections and stuff no one's really been posting much right now because no one ever seems to be posting in february oh but the the year's already started i'm like yeah but january february is like the slowest time for this industry i swear to god it really is yeah it's the worst because everyone if they're gonna start filming they start filming in march and Mm -hmm. and then that's when it starts and then they go through till like christmas start looking in march I mean, I have, like, staff me up, sends me emails about things that are posted, which is nice. You can create alerts mm-hmm. for, like, a specific oh, job and, like, a specific location and, like, specific... Like, you can get pretty specific. You shouldn't get too specific. You'll lose a lot of jobs that way, but but it's nice mm-hmm. that you, you can, like, narrow down what what okay. jobs you want sent to you. That is a Holly line. Wait, let me look this up. Holly line. Holly. Oh, also Facebook. Holly list. Holly list. Facebook groups, yes. Facebook groups. People sleep on Facebook yes. groups. Yes. That's how I got yes. um, a job mm-hmm. on a TLC show. Dan, the uh, Netflix guy who I was talking about earlier, mm-hmm. he told me about 
Facebook groups. He said his old Facebook assistant are so good. Um, used Facebook groups and got a bunch of jobs that way. And I was like, interesting. Like three days yeah. later, I had a job off a Facebook group. I'm, I was in so many when I was in Ireland. Beware of scams, though. But yes. beware of scams. Be there are kind of a lot of scams. So you got to really do your due diligence. It does, because mm -hmm. you don't always know. Like, there was one that I had emailed, and I was like, oh, this sounds great. Like, it's, like, kind of perfect. Mm -hmm. Not perfect in, like, a this is too good to be true, but just, like, for me, what I was looking for. It, oh, it just kind of yeah. checked all the boxes. And then when I got the response email, I was like, nope, this is the scam email. That you get. Yep. Uh, they sent it, and I was like, I'm not giving you my information over email. Like, that's yeah, not how this literally. works. But, yeah, if anything's it's too good to happen. be true... Or they don't give you enough information, or they're asking for money mm -hmm. in advance. Or say, the biggest one I've seen is they say they're gonna send you a check, and then you mm -hmm. are to cash that check, and then mm -hmm. that then you have to go buy supplies based off that check. Major yeah. scam. Major no. scam. Scammy scam 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 scam. They'll never send you money. They'll never. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Don't. Lesson I learned the hard way. Don't use your own money. Because you mm -hmm. can get screwed. I did it once mm -hmm. on Step Into the Movies. We ran into a problem while mm -hmm. we were buying Crafty. We were told, mm -hmm. go spend $3,000 for Crafty. And we were like, okay. So we went to Costco. We took the card, but we had a, a, a credit card. Um, Costco only takes Visa. Didn't know that. We had already rung everything up. It was a Saturday at Costco in LA. $1,000 yeah. worth of goods scanned and the card's not working. So I'm freaking out because I'm like, I can't just stop and make I'm them wait. So I mm -hmm. just paid for it. I straight up just paid for it and walked out, and I was like, we'll figure this out later. Did you get the money back? Yeah, I got it back. Okay, Because good. I was working under a PM who is, like, the PM. Like, you said you had your uh, AD who contacts you about everything. I have a PM. Mm -hmm. Her name is Amanda. She's literally the best person mm -hmm. in the world. Why did you do that? I was like... I panicked. <laughs> I was like, that was me panicking. I didn't know what to do. I literally did not know what else to do. She's like, okay, well... You need to, like, never do that again. She's like, because there's someone out who will be out there and will take advantage of you doing that and never give mm, you your money back. give you the money back. And yeah. expect you to do this all the time. And I was like, no, I understand. Oh. I just, I truly just panicked. But yeah. I also learned, like, Amanda was like, I won't send you on runs anymore if you're going to keep doing this. Because mm -hmm. I, <laughs> I had bought something on People's Choice Awards with my own money, too. It was, like, folders mm -hmm. for, like, script department. Yeah. Because yeah. the script department needed something and I couldn't find it anywhere, like anywhere. Mm -hmm. So I just went to a random store, found it, and bought it myself after work. So I was like, they need this okay. so badly. Yeah. I was like, whatever. She's like, I'm going to like yeah. never send you on a run again because you keep... I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm hire you again, actually. She's like, no, seriously, you need uh, to stop. I'm like, okay, She's I a promise. team player. She is. She's the best. She's literally the best. She's like my favorite <laughs> yeah. person in LA. Okay, here. We'll, we'll end it off with this. This is a cute one. What is something in your career that you've done that baby you would have been like through the moon that you accomplished? Probably just getting here. Getting to this point. That's what I said. Because like... There was, That's what I said, never giving up on myself. Okay, so in your question, you had asked if there was, like, a movie that got you in. There was no, like, specific mm -hmm. thing that got me into mm -hmm. film. It was actually the first time I ever messed around on iMovie when I was, like, 11 years old. I don't know what prompted me to do it. We just had a home computer, and I just mm -hmm. started, literally just started messing around on my own. And it was, like, started making, yeah. like slideshows i call them slideshows because mm -hmm. it was moving pictures and that's all i knew yeah. I, I didn't have i wasn't videotaping yeah. and i got really good at like transitioning the pictures and like making them move mm -hmm. with the ken's burns effect and um mm -hmm. creating like a title <laughs> the ken burns yeah making like a title sequence or like a credits or like and match syncing up music like very basic mm -hmm. editing but like at 11 mm -hmm. years old blows your mind that you mm -hmm. can do that that was kind of like oh i really like this my mom had like a 
not a high school reunion, but some sort of like parent reunion thing. So I took all the pictures she gave me and I made this little thing. And she played it through the entire, through the entire like party. I made one for uh, my all-star team at the end of the year, Mm. Um, all-star softball team. I made one for my sixth grade promotion. Like I just was like always doing it. I was just always making this Mm -hmm. stuff. And I remember going into high school, it was about the time where I was going to be started to get scouted for softball. So like I needed to know what I wanted Mm -hmm. to major in so I could pick a, like find schools that wanted me to play that I could major in something mm-hmm. in. Like, I can't go to school that doesn't have what mm-hmm. I want. So going into high school, they had an athletic training program. And my dad knew that, obviously, like, sports are a big part of my life. He's like, why don't you try athletic training? Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. Like, in the back yeah. of my head, though, I was like, I really want to do, like, something, yeah. like, with, yeah, like, film, yeah. like, whatever it is. Like, whatever I've been doing, I want to keep doing it. But uh, so I was mm-hmm. like, I kind of just, like, tucked it away, like, for a rainy day. I was like, whatever. I was yeah. like, yeah, like, I'll do athletic mm-hmm. training. And, like, the first semester, mm-hmm. I loved it. And then second mm-hmm. semester, I almost failed because I couldn't remember everything. <laughs> All the hands-on stuff, like, mm-hmm. film is very hands-on. Great <laughs> yeah. at it. Great. Mm-hmm. All my Great. tests, yeah. by, like, a month into the class, I think I just started mm-hmm. writing Jesus as the answer because it was a Catholic school, and I was like, Jesus is always the answer. So <laughs> I just well, kept writing Jesus in anytime I didn't Jesus. know anything. No, I had no idea what I was doing in that class. And after that mm-hmm. ended, and I didn't get a high enough grade to be able to get into the athletic training program that we had I was like I think this is like I'm like dad it's just not it's not it's not for me it's, it's not, not meant to me. be I know we've looked into all these colleges that have athletic training programs but like it's just not mm-hmm. I was like I I need to do film like I know you yeah. don't want me to because you've been in the entertainment industry and you know it's hard but, but I need to but it's been in my head since I was 11 years old and like mm-hmm. I'm 24 now and it hasn't gone away go so yeah, my bug hasn't gone away either. Once it gets you, it gets you. Yeah. So for me, being able to get to this point after kind of stepping, letting, pushing it to the side a little bit and like mm-hmm. focusing on sports and everything. And mm-hmm. I, I think uh, my 11 year old self would be very proud that I actually made it on the sets and that I've, I've been working that, professionally, yeah. which is mm-hmm. special. Like it's something mm-hmm. not everyone gets to do. Yeah. First set you work on, like I sometimes wish I could wipe my memory and do it again. It hits. Like that first time you're on a set, like for real, and you're doing what you wanted to do forever. It's weird. And I feel like that might be for any profession, but movies are just magical. Yeah. So. I mean, I feel like in this day and age, so many people settle that it's kind of a rare thing to have that. Like I told myself I would never settle. I'd never work in mm-hmm. an office like my day job. Me either. I already cut I could that. not do the same thing every day. No, I hate it. I actually think Mm-mm. I'm very grateful for the job that I have because they allow me the flexibility yeah. to take jobs whenever and just leave for months at a time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. when I'm there for a month and a half straight, mm-hmm. I actually I'm get dead. depressed. I actually, like, yeah. not to make light mm-hmm. of, like, depressed. I genuinely mm-hmm. yeah. sobbing like on the way home from depression. work. Sobbing yeah. on the way home from work, like not like getting into a routine where like I don't even try to like get other jobs because I feel so stuck like it's just Mm -hmm. when I'm not like not doing what you want to do is very draining very draining Mm -hmm. it really is it really is I totally get that being able to do what we want to do is very it's very nice exciting and I feel like so much it's like looked down upon what we do because so many people find it so untangible like I feel like so much so many people would just rather be rich and make money than actually be doing what they love every day. I cannot. I I I would be broke every day of my life if I got to do something I oh, love every day. Thank you so much for coming on. It was so nice to catch up. I mean, we haven't seen each other in what 
two, two years. years. I say since you graduated. Yeah. But one day we will work on a set together and we will burn the house down. Oh, we'll burn multiple houses down. Heck we'll, yeah. We'll take the world down with us. I've literally been saying this since... Yeah, literally. <laughs> been saying it since we met. I was like, we need to work together. I know, Staff. we have. The world deserves it. it. Honestly, they're gonna know after this podcast. Join me in the paddock. Okay, fine. We'll we'll meet That'll the drivers. You'll watch the race. <laughs> It'll be good fun. Count me in. Oh I'm yeah. There. Heck yeah. I'm there. <laughs> Please. This was the Feminist Film Club podcast hosted by Megan Mealy. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I seriously really appreciate it. And as always, happy movie watching. <laughs>